Hello, my name is Bob Hurt, and welcome to the Baseball Doesn't Fall, Far From the Tree podcast. Our guest for this episode is Mark Country Littell. Mark pitched in the MLB from 1973 to 1982. He played for both the Kansas City Royals and the St. Louis Cardinals and was 32-31 and 31 with 56 saves lifetime. Mark was a member of the 1976 and 77 American League Western Division champions, where he played for Whitey Herzog alongside of John Mayberry, Frank White, Freddie Patek, George Brett, Amos Otis, and Hal McRae. They lost to Billy Martin's New York Yankees both times. As Mark would say, he wore out his welcome in Kansas City and was traded to the St. Louis Cardinals, which was the team he rooted for as a kid. He once again played for Whitey Herzog and was a member of the 1982 World Series champions, along with Daryl Porter, Keith Hernandez, Ozzie Smith, Willie McGee, and George Hendrick. Mark entered each game to John Denver's Thank God I'm a Country Boy. After he retired from baseball, he wrote three books. On the Eighth Day, God Made Baseball, Country Boy Conveniently Wild, and What's Up Ramrod. He is also the inventor of the Nutty Buddy, an award-winning athletic supporter. You can learn more about it on www.nuttybuddy.com. Okay, Mark. Um, like I said, I, I think I have some really good questions to, uh, to start off with. And the first, the first one I wanted to ask you is, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about, you know, where and how you grew up? Well, uh, I grew up in Boothill, Missouri, in a small town, Gideon, uh, around a thousand or so. And uh, I grew up out on the farm, though. It was a soybean cotton farm. And, but uh, my brother, he was a big part of my life. As well, my whole family was. My my dad was a a farmer, but he was also a marine that got shot up pretty good in Korea, and so he kept us in line pretty pretty yeah. easily. And uh, he was pretty much yes sir no sir. My mother was a registered nurse, and so when we bled, she sewed us up out there. And, and uh, school I went to was just a great a great time to go to school. 50s and 60s, and uh, I graduated in 71 and then ended up signing in 71. Uh, my brother caught me the whole time, and he was a year behind me, and uh, he ended up going to Mississippi State. He got drafted twice as a catcher, but did not want to play, yeah. and uh, professionally anyway. And then, uh, so I just uh, signed in 71, went to Billings, Montana my first year. George Brett, another name out there. He was El Segundo, California, and I was a pretty much a farm boy. <laughs> so I, he parked his surfboard, and I parked my plow at the door, and we decided to play ball and kill people and play ball. It didn't matter which order. So, you, <laughs> you know what? You know what I have to ask you, Mark, because um, you mention it in both books. Is uh, you lived on the number five ditch? Now, what exactly? What exactly is that? Is that a is that a mailing address, or that's just how you guys knew? I was <laughs> I was kind of figuring. 
they all, there's a, a drainage district down there that's the second largest in the world. And uh, next to the Egyptian Nile. When they finished the, uh, I mean, not Suez, when they finished the, the Panama Canal, uh, they pretty much went up into the boot hill to clear the swamp out, which was up there, and it was a real swamp. And uh, it took them, I don't know how many every years, but they moved more more dirt there than they did in the Panama Canal wow. in the southeast Missouri. Wow. And now it's all soybeans and cotton. And, and there a big earthquake there in 1811, 1812. Uh, we're sitting on the largest fault in the United States, the Madrid Fault. It's larger than the San Andreas Fault, even. Out so, there in the middle, out there in the middle of the country, too. That's that's incredible. You think, like you said, you think out in California, but you know, yeah. out that way. Now it's obvious that you you love the game of baseball and and uh, you love the time you had there. What? You know, why did you love baseball so much? I mean, you grew up in a farm, and, you know, you would think. Small town, you know, that's what we did. You know, back then, everything was around sports in small towns. And, uh, right. Yeah, you had the baseball lights come on, and everybody gravitated. And uh, I just matriculated into that area for the night to, to watch a a baseball game, or two, or maybe even three, because some of them started around 4 o'clock, maybe, and then they ended up around 9, 9.30, maybe. Yeah. And, uh, but that was a big deal. Yeah. Now, how, now how did you uh, get influenced into playing baseball? Was it your uh, dad, or you just played it, you know, picked it That's up? That's pretty and, much me. Yeah. That's pretty much me. My dad only played catch with me once, but he, like I said, he got shot up pretty good. Oh, right, right. He, he, he had to wear, wear a brace on his right arm. He was left-handed. Oh, okay. And he got shot up over Korea over there. And, uh, so he, he caught a couple of balls for me when I was little. And he said to my mom, he said, hey, Jeannie, I can't, I can't do this anymore. It just, you know, it just rattles my brace. And right. So I, I played a little catch with my mom. And yeah. My brother gravitated in too. Uh, you know, the age where you could catch yeah. balls and, and clods, you know, coming off of a farm anyway. <laughs> so. Now, now uh, I was reading, and I remember in our previous conversation we had that uh, Gary Blaylock signed you? Yes. And uh, you want to tell us a little bit about him? Because it was pretty interesting from what I remember what you told me and what was in the book. Well, Gary, you know, he grew up 10 miles from where I grew up. And he was at the time uh, a Royal Scout. And he, he ended up managing in Billings my first year. And he took me over there rather than going to Kingsport. I actually should have gone to Kingsport because I was younger. Right. But there was more college players, a lot more college players. And the college players league was the Pioneer League. And so he took me over there uh, with him. He asked me, he said, hey, would you like to go with me to Billings? I said, sure. Yeah. I'd, I'd, rather, well, I'd rather go to Billings a lot now. <laughs> now so, Kingsport, is that in the Appalachian League? What league is that in? Like, that was in the Appalachian League. And uh, so it was... Uh, Obviously closer, right? So, but uh, I was so glad I went to Billings. You know? Yeah, and I did, and I did well in Billings. You know, 
You know, I, I also, another thing about, you know, reading in the book uh, and hearing you talk to me about, uh, you know, when you got signed and stuff, uh, what about what about your family dog that you had? Yeah, we had well, a German Shepherd. He's and it, and His name was Fritz. Oh, wait a minute. Uh, I, th I thought it was, who was Dammit? Remember you told me? Oh, well, that's another one, see. Oh, no. Dammit was another one we got after Fritz. Oh, well. He, he, he was another 100-pound dog. Oh. Gary, Gary came over to sign me, matter of fact, and uh, we had named the dog Dammit. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and so uh, Gary said he was coming over, and we saw him pull up, and he came around the side, and Dad came to the door, and you know, damn it, was just almost knocking him down underneath his feet. <laughs> Dad said, get, get out of here, damn it. And Gary said, what? What? And he said, that, that's, that's the dog. Get out of here, damn it. And he started laughing. You know. <laughs> so, that was a pretty good entry yeah. into uh, baseball. Absolutely. Now, you know, I was looking at your uh, your records on baseball reference and stuff, and uh, and and I do remember you did some starting in the beginning. Do you, do you prefer relieving to starting, or does it matter to you? Doesn't matter because they're going to do what you do. And you know, when you're a closer, you can. I end up doing mostly a little bit more closing. Right. But you know, I uh, I know I was pitched to death. I can tell you that. Yeah. And uh, back then, they didn't know pretty much about closing, but, you know, they thought everybody had a rubber arm. Yeah. And, uh, but that wasn't always the case. Right. Uh, well, especially when you're throwing a lot. And, you know, you're always, you know, when you're starting in the, you know, the minor leagues, you know, I mean, you're a starter. And I was like 16 and 6. Yeah. When I was 20, when I was 20. And I had come up that year and I uh, didn't even go to big league camp. And uh, I was 9 and 1 at the time. And uh, I missed a month, actually, of AAA because I was in the big league. And um, so, yeah, I got called up at the end of the year, and then I pitched in Puerto Rico. And before you knew it, I had about 320 innings in. Wow. You know, you know, uh, over the course of a year. And so then you're going into spring training with about six weeks left and stuff like that. You know, your arm's just not going to rebound. Yeah, cause, so that's that's when I had a surgery, you know, the fall that that at the end of that year. Yeah. So, what kind of surgery was it? Wasn't Tommy John surgery? It was was it something? No, it was chips. Oh, okay, chips in your elbow. Chips in the spur, and that's okay. what actually freed me up because I actually threw a lot better after that surgery. I mean, way better. Yeah, I think. So I had, apparently there was something going on, even. Like almost about the time I signed even. Yeah. Now, so, how many innings do you think you threw in high school in the season? It couldn't have been how many get you guys play what about fifteen uh, games or? You're probably doing sixty. <laughs> you know. But, <laughs> so you went from sixty to like three hundred and twenty in a year. In a year. Well, I was eighteen. You know, then you, I threw ninety something in rookie ball, so sixteen ninety. Why? You know, then uh, then instructional league. And then you go back, and then I threw in A ball, which was uh, hundred and something, and then whatever you had in spring training. And then you go back to instructional league. Wow! And then you know you you go into spring training, and then you go uh, make the triple A team, and I wasn't even supposed to go there. Right. You know, I was supposed to go double A. And yeah, you went from I single A to triple A. I saw that's that's incredible. 
Triple A big leagues, actually. Yeah, oh, Triple A big so, leagues, yeah. Because I was right there two years when I signed, you wow. know. Wow. And uh, I was in the big leagues, and nobody does that, you know, hardly. Very yeah. few. Yeah, no. And there were, when I was in, my uh, debut was in Baltimore on uh, June 14th. Let me see, it was June 14th, I think, yeah. And uh, so they flew me into Baltimore. I walked in, and probably everybody wondered in the clubhouse who the big guy, who the big guy was. Was he the bad boy with the pe- and he had a pimple? And so, right, right. and so I made my debut. I did fine on my debut. I did six and a third innings, gave up one run. But then I got hammered playing Oakland at home, and you know so. Well, that was when Oakland had that. That's when Oakland had all those those boppers, right? Like Jackson and oh, Rudy and oh. ba- Ben. <laughs> yeah, you know Jackson never bothered me. Matter of fact, he, he thought I was the hardest guy he's ever faced. Oh, really? That actually, that's yeah. quite a compliment. That's quite a compliment there. But how about how about Bando and Ru- Rudy and you know guys well, like that? Me. Yeah. Now we. Because closers, um, I've heard Whitey say it, I've heard Lasorda say it, I've heard Chuck Tanner say it. If they were doing it, they'd build a ball club around a closer. Yeah. And I've heard it so much, and a lot of people don't get that. But if you have three starters out there, and you have two, two relievers, and then you got a real closer, you're probably going to go to playoffs. But if you've got two starters and you've got three okay kind of starters, and, you know you don't know what your bullpen's going to do, and you kind of mediocre right? and on the closing. You don't know. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. You got to have you got to have a closer actually, but to do the do the job right. Now, why do you think you were so successful in that that role? You know, as a closer. I had about a I had about a three to five IQ, and I'm nuts. So, <laughs> so you, know, and, you know, I don't care. Yeah. And, you know, people say, "Oh, I go hot, I go high." Yeah. I said, "Well, I guess there is. I don't look at it that way, really." Yeah. Now you <laughs> had you're throwing good. You know, you got a pretty good upper hand. Oh yeah. Now you were basically a fastball slider guy, right? Yeah. And uh, what? What did you consider to be your out pitch? Was it the fastball or was it the slider? slider. Yeah, because that's that's pretty I devastating. Had, I had a deadly slider, pretty good slider. Yeah. So, now you know, ahead. you know, like I think I told you, um, you know, that I had pitched all through high school. I mean, I didn't get it to your. I mean, the closest I came to the major leagues, I went to Dream Week one year, but but uh, but um, I, I always wondered. And and I ask anyone I know that pitched, uh, does a catcher make a difference, or you don't care who you're throwing to? Does any particular no. catcher make you know? Not really. No, I mean like yeah. who who I mean, are the... I had some good catchers. I had some good catchers. Yeah. I, mean, I had Buck Martinez. I like a lot. Yeah. I like uh, Buck Martinez. I had Seth Simmons for a long little little quite a bit. Okay. I had Swisher. I had Daryl Porter. Uh, 
those four guys right there. Yeah. Now, did you have Porter at, at Kansas City or at St. Louis? Or? And, and, and St. Louis. And St. Louis. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Now, um... <laughs> I'll tell you another thing. I was I was thinking about you know looking at your career and and us, our conversation before. It must have been really cool playing for the team that you grew up rooting for. Is that would that be true yeah. and accurate? Yeah, yeah. You know, you know, playing in your home state is uh, kind of hard sometimes too. Yeah, I guess people expect more from you sometimes. Oh, I, um, I agree. You know, uh, sometimes you almost think that you wanted to play on the coast. But, you know, there again, you know, I really didn't follow. The, the Royals were just kind of like a, a new team. You know, we never heard of the Athletics. And, you know, then we never really heard of the Royals. Right. That came about in 69. And of course, I signed in 71. Right. And then, the more you thought about it, you said, hey, this is a new organization. You know, they're, they're, and you've got an aggressive owner, Ewing Kaufman, yeah. who really wanted to win and really wanted to put, put money into it. So you had to feel really good about that. And the Royals at the time, you know, they were pretty much, you know, uh, of that decade, the 70s, they were pretty much the team of the, team of the 70s. Oh, yeah. They did I, it's really fantastic things uh, with training and well, you know that that's especially too because like when I first started following baseball, there was the uh, you know the Kansas City Athletics and like like they used to say here on the East Coast they were the Yankees uh, you know farm team, but uh, so so the Royals and their success, I mean, was definitely a change from what we. Uh, we normally expected from Kansas City. Now, how how did you like playing on Royals Field? That I I went there. I saw a game there back in, I guess, in the late 1980s. My wife has, uh, you know, a, a cousin that lives out there. That, that looked like a pretty good, pretty good place to feel. Uh, you know, play at. How'd you feel about that place? Well, St. Louis is the hottest place. To, St. Louis. Is the hottest place to play in baseball, and Kansas City wasn't far behind it. I see. You could you could put it. Is that yeah? I heard stories about breaking an egg, and you could fry it on the ground. <laughs> you know, I've got a story in there where I threw it 136 degrees on the turf one day. Of course, I played on all turf fields. I didn't play on grass fields. That's right. That's right. You know, and, uh, so it was a faster game. Well, you were you were certainly lucky. You had somebody like Ozzy Smith playing shortstop for you, right? Well, Freddie Pontek. Oh, you know what? That that's one of the questions I, I I had for you, Mark. I'm a I'm a diehard Pittsburgh Pirate fan. You know, my dad was yeah. from Pittsburgh, and I was I was brainwashed at an early age and stuff. And I loved Freddie Pontek, but um, actually, the trade that was involved with them helped helped uh, the Pirates get the '71 World Series. They got a uh, who was a Jackie Hernandez and uh, Bob Johnson and but you, but Freddie was pretty good though right even at five foot four. Freddie Freddie was beyond good. I don't know where he could. He's just pretty good. He's beyond good. Yep. Yeah, well, I'll tell you something. This came from Whitey Herzog. Whitey said Freddie had more range than Ozzy on turf. Right. And I believe that you know. Yeah. Freddie could get a fast jump. You know. 
and he had a great arm. Oh yeah, and then and then he was he was a uh, I mean he was big in stolen bases too, right? Didn't he lead the league a couple times or? I mean, no, he didn't lead the league. No, he, but he had a lot of them though, didn't he? Have a lot or no? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, but yeah, he, he, I don't know if he led our team or not, but you know, McCray might have, but Freddie might have been right there with it. Yeah, but, yeah. You know, Freddie could steal a base once in a while. Yeah. Yeah. Now I know. Oh, I was going to say that um, I was going to move on to. I I know that um, you had spent many years as a pitching coach in the minors and over in Australia and stuff like that. How important is a pitching coach to you? Marley pitching coach big. Really? Yeah. Well, sure. You have to. You know, you have to understand what they want you to do because you're trying to get through this. Right. You know. Right. I mean, there's certain things that they'll say, not all the time. You know, a lot of it's up to you to make yourself. But then there's always one or two sentences that you catch that really come out of that guy's mouth that say, well, that actually made sense. <laughs> now, talking about, talking about making sense, what about... Uh, I remember reading uh, about uh, Bill Fish Fisher. <laughs> you said that he was like a Yogi Berra with his uh, his sayings like that. Did he ever make sense? Or? He made perfect sense. Yeah? You liked him? Oh, yeah. yeah everybody liked Fish. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was... Now, Fish was, uh, yeah, was strapped into a golf cart at 94 out there at Royals Complex one day. He just strapped in. Really? He's just going around, hey, how you doing? Yeah. <laughs> now, the complex, that's that's the old uh, uh, baseball school, right, that the Royals had? or? Well, the, the 94 part came in here in the last you know, 10 or 12 years. But, okay. you know, out in Arizona where they strapped him in. But, yeah. but the complex you're talking about is the Sarasota floor. Right, yeah, know? yeah. Did you, you, you spent some time down there, right? Didn't you go there? or were, Did you ever yeah. go? That's where I started. Right. Yeah. And, uh, we, yeah, sure did. That's where George you know, slapped the alligator. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know what? Um, I'm glad you brought George up because I was, that was one of the questions I wanted to ask you about. You, you and George are like, well, like you said, Sedona and, and where you were from was like night and day and stuff. How did you guys get, get along so good? What was, what do you oh, think the key? I mean, I mean, George Brett was a heck of a ball player, right? I mean, defensively and offensively. When, yeah, he was okay. He was okay. <laughs> he's a he's a hall of. He's, he's really beefing him up. You know, he was okay. <laughs> that was okay. I was gonna say a hall of famer. Okay, all right. Well, he's probably the best hitter I've ever seen. Tell you the truth. Well, the, were you were you with the Royals when he came close to four hundred, or was that? Oh, I was in St. Louis. Oh, cause man, that was some year. That's that. Well, he was hurt a lot that year, though, too. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. um, and he liked Charlie Lau. I mean, he liked the. I guess Charlie Lau was uh, real helpful with his uh, his batting. And then I guess Whitey and and Charlie didn't hit it off too good, or something, from what I understand. Or hey, what now? They they didn't hit it off Whitey Herzog and Charlie. That's why they got rid of. Uh, right. Yeah. But uh, George George Brett was a disciple of his. Uh, 
you know, definitely. Yeah, but, you know, you know Charlie, George picked it up, and a lot of those guys, you know, they, once you pick something up, you don't forget it. Right, right. You just don't. Oh, you know what I want? You know what I wanted to ask you about too that I read, and I I think I thought that maybe you could, uh, you know, share some funny an- anecdotes about your feelings about your your favorite city in the country, Cleveland. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was your favorite city, right, Mark? <laughs> Funny, a very interesting place That city, the mistake by the lake, right? Now, you know, I remember you telling the story about that, that trip your you, your brother, your mom and dad went to St. Louis and uh you went up in the elevator. Now you met somebody that was uh was a rookie that played played uh for the Cardinals in the elevator. Now who was that again? Brock. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if he's a rookie or not because he he come over from the Cubs. But oh, that's first, right. He wasn't a rookie. You're right. He came from in that first in, time. The, first time with the Cardinals, and we were on the elevator because I had a broken toe at the time and right. in the cast on crutches. And you know the old stadium at that time. You know it had the old crank crank type uh, elevators. And right. My dad had asked the elevator guy to if he could take us up to the top. And he said, no problem, and Lute hops on. I didn't know who it was. I was like, <laughs> I was like 12 years old, yeah, or something. And 14 years later, my dad says, hey, you're Lou Brock halfway up. And he said, yes, sir. He says, well, really glad to have you over here. Hope you have a heck of a you know, season and with the Cardinals. So he gets off on the second floor. That's where their lockers were, just like Cubs. Right. Like, Right. So uh, we go up to nosebleed section, and we thought we had great best seats in the house because we could see the bell ball game and all of St. Louis at the same time, pretty what? much. So we were, you know, like seven, eight, well, just young kids, yeah. you know? And so uh, 14 years later, I get traded over, and I actually told him that story. Mm-hmm. And uh, he just got snickered. All of a sudden, you know, on his 3,000 hit game, we're playing the Cubs in St. Louis. And he comes up to bat and he gets his uh, his first leadoff guy. And he, he gets he gets 2,099, and then he gets 3,000 in the fourth. And uh, of course, they haul the game up for they, they hold it up for you know eight ten minutes. And I, I get into the game, and I end up picking up the win in that. And that's just ironic, you know, about yeah. how all that worked out. Statistics. It's right. not. I, I don't write about the statistics. That, I don't write about that stuff because you can look that stuff up. Right. But exactly. These, these these statistics are absolutely funny because I was at the right place at the wrong time and mm. the wrong place at the right time. Exactly. So so you had to you you couldn't wish this stuff upon you. You mm. know and, you know the whole you know Pete Rose's record and. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. No. And I'll tell you. Well, it, in the second book, your uh, 
your but and he wasn't a co-writer, but your buddy that started off you or you started off saying like that the reader you're gonna you're gonna get about a third of the way through the book and then you're gonna say to yourself, well, you know, when is he gonna start talking about baseball? But uh, I mean, I it, it holds your attention. I mean, you, Mark, you're a fantastic storyteller. I mean, I I really enjoy that. And you know, I remember when you told me about you said, you know, your writing and how some people that you know, write professionally, and they were saying, well, you know, you're a better writer than me, and I'm like, well, you know, maybe, you know, you're getting all puffed up about it, but uh, you do a fine... Puffed up. No, you don't. That's that's what's the, that's what's so refreshing. I'm a storyteller. I'm, a, I'm not so much the writer. I'm a more of a storyteller. Yes, you are. And, uh, you and, know, that, that's what I am. And, I, tell, I like to tell a story. And you do a fine job. That's that's excellent. Um, Thank you. You played. You played for uh, a legend, uh, Kenny Boyer. What What was Kenny Boyer like? I've heard a lot. I've heard a lot of people great. say great things about. Him. Yeah. Oh, great, great guy, great guy. Yeah. Now, when the when you played for St. Louis, um, did you? I, I don't think you. I think he was probably gone by then. But did you ever meet or talk with Bob Gibson? Yeah. Yeah. Was he there when yeah, you were there, or he was just? He just. He just popped through oh, every he, once in a while. Yeah. yeah. Now, he just kind of chime in and listen to him talk. You know, that's about it. You know? yeah. Did he ever yeah. offer any advice or anything, or did you pick up anything from anything he said? Or He don't offer advice. It's Bob Gibson. <laughs> that's like, <laughs> you, you've heard the story about Bill White and him, right? Bill White was his teammate, and uh, Bill yeah, White gets Carver, everybody. You yeah. Know? Well, they got traded yeah. to Philadelphia. And they thought they were still buddies with Bob Bob Gibson, and and you know they were on the other side of the field, so they were enemies. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. he, right. he he was something else. Um, okay, the la- I want to I want to finish up this interview with a couple things about you know you know although you had a lot of success in baseball, you've written three books, and the other thing because I've watched the video and I've shown other people the video about Nutty Buddy. And uh, what can you tell us about that? That was pretty impressive. You know. oh, yeah, it's uh, Buddy Buddy is a protective cup guy. Uh, I was actually with the Dodgers at the time. I was a pitching coach there. My, uh, I'm sitting there chewing, chewing on my pitcher's butt, you know, just having some fun with them. Yeah. End of the day, and I said, uh, how many guys wear cups? <laughs> and they said, well, that looks pretty good. Maybe you should patent that thing. And I said, nah. Well, after, after Instruction League was over, I said, oh, maybe I should check it out. So I did, and, you know, I went to the patent office, and they said it was free and clear. So I asked my patent lawyer, I said, well, what happens now? I said, this is when you spend more money. <laughs> <laughs> It's all about the money, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, 
you know, I, I ended up winning five awards on this thing. And uh, people, people ask me, how did you figure this out? I've had engineers, you know, Nike and Under Armour, they know I have the best couple on the market. That's a no-brainer. It's anatomically correct. Right. I have five sizes. It's the uh, Hammer, Foss, Hog, Trophy, and Mongo. That's how they sell. You know, so and they're all sized, and then we have the shorts and the jump to go with it. We're actually supposed to wear a cup, so it won't, so you won't get hurt. Now, tell tell me about like when when you first demonstrated, you know, that video that's on the website. Now, I mean. You had a you had to have a lot of you know what to, to stand there like you did and have that ball come like ninety miles an hour, ninety five, right? I mean, did you yeah. did you feel any apprehensive at all, or you oh, you were no, that confident? Cup, no, I didn't want my cup to do because I I built it that way and it's structured and it is different way different looking. Yeah, and so you know it's got a tail on it and it's got a head to tail and you know and. Uh, it's got testicle A, testicle B, a place yeah. for each one of those. Right. And so, uh, you know, umpires love it. It's just not a baseball cup. It's lacrosse, hockey. Right. And mixed martial arts is big. Uh, umpires are big. Uh, cricket's twice the size of baseball. Right. You know, and uh, baseball's just a small part of it. Wow. You know. Wow. And uh, pretty interesting. Yeah. Even fence, fencing and bull riding. Bull, I rode a bull plate when we got a commercial out. It broke my pubic bone, actually. Really? But, you know, the cup. Yeah. I rode a bull named Playboy. It's pretty cool. Huh? Is it? Is yeah, it on? Is, is it on YouTube? Yeah. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Uh, yeah. Yeah. If you go to YouTube, buddy, buddy. Yeah. You know? Oh wait a minute! I did. I did see it. I did see it. Okay. Yeah, it's got nice music and everything to it. Yeah. You know? And, and I uh, five, we had five cameras on that. I didn't want to miss anything. I'm yeah. only going to do this once. Right, right. So, you know, I, I want I want to finish this up because I saw something that that really uh, struck me that you and I have in common. You, we both have cowlicks with our hair. Uh, yeah. Now, yeah. how do you, how do you handle it? Because it's a pain in the butt. You know, with trying to comb your... <laughs> How do you handle it? People look at it and they say, oh, I said, I said, well, I'm styling. I got a cowlick. Right, cowlick. right. Oh, yeah, you got like that punk rock thing going on, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. With, with the hair sticking. I pretty, you know, I pretty, I pretty much said, uh, you know, what you're talking about is when, uh, when I was born, I came out of the shit and, you know, the doctor picked me up and went to hit my butt and hit me in the head and I got a cowlick. So. <laughs> uh, you were, you were, yeah. you were too funny, Mark. Well, anyway, I gotta go, I gotta go back to my, my real job, but I just want to tell you, this okay. was, this was wonderful. I think it's going to be a great episode and I thank you so much. No, I enjoy it very much. Thanks for having me on. Okay, and I'll keep you updated on on my reading with your book. Okay, for sure. Okay, buddy, you have a good evening. Or afternoon, I guess. (laughs) Okay. Oh, yeah. All right. All right. The phrase, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, is meant to indicate how children's qualities and talents are similar to their parents. So to honor my dad and his influence on me concerning baseball, 
I named this podcast, The Baseball Doesn't Fall Far From The Tree, in his honor. An addition to our podcast is a trivia question. What team did the St. Louis Cardinals beat in 1982 to go to the World Series? You can send your answer or ask any questions about our show or book, Intelligent Influence in Baseball, to rvhurte at gmail.com. As Red Smith said, baseball is a dull game only for those with dull minds. <laughs>